from Caherlehine National School in Tralee. Here is the legendary tale of how an Egyptian princess named Scotia came to be buried there. To the outside world, the town of Tralee, where I live, is a modern, bustling town that still retains a medieval charm today. The largest town in County Kerry, Tralee, is well known for the Rosa Tralee International Festival, which has been held annually in August since 1959. To those of us that live here though, Tralee is more than this. It is a place of rich history and stories, like the story of how an Egyptian princess named Scotia came to be buried here. This is the story. The story of Tralee's Egyptian princess dates back over three and a half thousand years, when an expedition invaded Ireland from Spain to avenge the death of a family member who had gone over from Spain to explore Ireland and had been killed by the natives. Those who organised this expedition were from the tribe of Miles, now known as the Milesians. Miles himself was a member of a warlike noble Gaelic family in Spain. During his travels, he was invited to Egypt by the pharaoh, where he eventually married one of his daughters, Scotia. Miles, I've been impressed by your honour and character. Please choose one of my daughters to be your wife. Your Excellency, I'm in your death. I choose Scotia and hope I'll be a son you can be proud of. Miles and Scotia's people were later driven from Egypt by a later pharaoh and wandered around the Mediterranean until they reached Spain where they had six children together. All sons. As time passed, Miles was anxious to invade Ireland and avenge his uncle's death. However, on the eve of the planned invasion, Miles died and his mantle fell on the shoulders of his Egyptian princess. My sons, let us remember your father's wishes. Even in this hard time of his death, we must focus and regroup. It is what he would have wanted. Like Cleopatra, another famous Egyptian woman, Scotia did not shrink from her responsibility. She continued with her husband's ambition to avenge his uncle's death and to conquest the ancient tribes and to take the kingdoms from the Tuatha Dé With her sons aboard, she set out in a fleet of 30 ships sometime about 1700 BC. As they sailed westward, casualties were incurred almost immediately. Erinin, the youngest of the sons, climbed the mast first to see Ireland, but fell and was drowned. Ear, her third son, was rowing so hard that his oar snapped and he fell back into the boat and died too. The fleet sailed on, however, and three days later landed at Kenmare Bay in County Kerry. They fought their way to Tara, their enemy's capital, and later the place where the High Kings of Ireland were crowned. There they demanded surrender or battle, but got neither. In the name of my father, past pharaoh of Great Egypt, and my husband Miles, son of Scythia, I call on you, the High Kings of Ireland, to lay down your swords and surrender. No army from the shore or beyond will ever see the day that the High Kings of Ireland kneel before an enemy. 
Somehow the enemy forced them to withdraw in their fleet, and while they were offshore, a violent storm sank many ships and drowned most of the surviving sons. Enraged at their losses, the remaining crew anchored their craft on the north shore of the beautiful Dingo Peninsula, and the army began to march through the foothills of the Slievemish Mountains. This way, men. Today we take the kingdoms from the Tuha de Danu. It was there, in the most ferocious battle with the natives, that the invaders lost their Egyptian princess. In the glen above the town of Trilly, the Milesians defeated Tuha de Danu. However, Scotia died in battle while pregnant as she attempted to jump a riverbank on horseback. The area is now known as Scotia's Glen and her grave is reputed to be under a huge ancient stone inscribed with Egyptian symbols. I hope you enjoyed this tale and next time you find yourself in Trilly, remember that the Egyptian princess laid to rest here might just be the original Rosa Trilly. This documentary was produced by Connie Broderick and Joe McGill. It was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.